Today's episode is brought to you by Zenium HR. The demands of HR and payroll are endless, and that's why Zenium provides a complete solution for both so you can focus on what you do best, which is growing your organization. Learn more at zeniumhr.com. All right, today's guest is Shane Kowalski. He's the co-founder and CEO of Glue. They're an employee engagement platform, and he's here to discuss connection especially in a distributed workforce. So we talk about how to foster a sense of belonging, how to keep people engaged, and how to make more meaningful connection. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and a written review. It'd be amazing. And make sure to hit that subscribe button as well. Enjoy the conversation with Shane Kowalski. Hey, Shane, thanks for coming on Transform Your Workplace. Thanks for having me on, Brandon. Excited to chat. You are the co-founder and CEO of Glue, but it hasn't always been named Glue. You went through a rebrand recently. What's that whole process like? And maybe back up with what was the name before you renamed it Glue? And why does Glue fit into more of the future of the organization? Yeah, yeah, great question. And uh, oddly timely, the rebrand was all of just a couple days ago. Um, so before we were called Mystery, which uh, is actually the name of a company. It's not me trying to pretend like we're a stealth company, like everybody usually says when I say the name of the company is Mystery. Maybe a little bit indicative of why the brand name change was needed in the first place. But we started as a predominantly a virtual events marketplace. So we were providing all sorts, thousands and thousands of different team events for companies to have a great time virtually uh, and, and bond the team together over everything from paint and sip classes to freestyle rappers to caricature classes where we'd have people like T-Pain drop in, like really, really fun virtual events. We still do a lot of those virtual team events. And you know, before that, the team's depth and expertise was in experience design, thinking about how do you make a virtual team event not suck? Because I'm sure many of these listeners, uh, I'm sure you have even attended a virtual event that you're like, oh, this is kind of fun. I'm like, maybe I'm sipping wine with a sommelier is like the most casual one, the most classic one. They're okay, uh, but we were called mystery because when you actually dig into the science of experience design, how to develop experiences that are truly fun, exciting, and engage people on a regular basis, one of the biggest pieces, you, I'm sure it's an atom that many people have heard, happiness is expectations minus reality. That exact phrase is so, so true in experience design. Anyone that works doing review cycles and know how much expectations matters for how people feel about their reviews, this is probably going to reign true. But for an experience, not knowing what you're showing up to, showing up to an experience, not knowing who's going to be there, what the experience is, statistically actually makes the experience all that much better. You're not coming in with all these preconceived ideas of, oh, I won't or will enjoy this. You can kind of just take part of the ride and have that shared anticipation together. That's why we were originally called Mystery. As we built this company, as we've scaled, you know, we, we started a little over four years ago now, and we've done thousands and thousands of events. The journey kind of towards this rebrand, and apologies if this ends up being a very long answer, I think it's pretty indicative and useful to know. We started off just trying to make the virtual events that we we're doing not suck. Like I mentioned, that was like the full phase one of the business. Like, man, these things are not very fun. How do we make them really, really enjoyable? How do we not just shove like an IRL and in real life experience into a Zoom box? So we spent much time there, you know, in the beginning, 
our metric that we looked at was employees that are excited to join the next event. Uh, the very beginning, it was all the way down at 20%. Uh, today, it's all the way up at 95%. Employees actually love joining the events that we have. That was phase one. Phase two was like, oh my gosh, these events are great, but these are such a pain to book, plan, and execute. There's so much effort. Uh, if anyone's ever planned an event, everyone knows that horrible feeling of typing up that Slack poll that's like, which of these times works best? Please leave an emoji for where you can and can't do it. Uh, and you, you go through all this effort, and then on average, 40% of people show up. The attendance rate sucks. So we spent a bunch of time trying to make it as easy as possible. That was phase two. Uh, the metric we looked at was attendance. Uh, we were actually able to boost average attendance from 40% all the way up to 85% today. The last one, and this is uh, what has kind of led us to this rebrand, led us to this bigger vision, was, okay, where the events are good, the events are easy, are they working? <laughs> uh, and working can mean a lot of different things, right? Uh, enjoying the event is one facet of working, but for us, we realized even way back in, you know, this was like March of 2021, it doesn't matter how fun these events are, if these don't provide a real ROI, they're not going to make it through any recession, they're not going to make it through you know, budget cuts, they're not going to make it through anything unless we can give our customers, and there's typically people leaders, the right data, the right inf information to say, like, look, this is actually has a really positive ROI for our company. So we started measuring all of our virtual events. And at the time, we were actually doing corporate gifting too. think like morale boxes and swag boxes, things like that. And we started measuring these things against employee engagement outcomes, things like cross-team cohesion, sense of belonging, connection to leadership. And what we found, this is way back in March of 2021, the majority of these events didn't work. 50%, <laughs> not at all. 40%, I could like spin the data and pretend like it did, but not really. 10% of the virtual events we were doing really did work. I'll talk about that in a minute. But we had sent tens and tens of thousands of these corporate gifts out. Uh, we actually found an inverse correlation between anyone receiving one of those boxes and any engagement outcome you can imagine. It turns out a t-shirt doesn't make you feel better about your boss. Is this a common phrase, a clue that we use? But really, I say all this, uh, you know, we make it good, make it easy, make it work. We've spent the last, you know, the better part of two years, a little over now, trying to understand how do you understand the ROI of these events? How do you actually make this spend uh, work and make it impactful? And what we learned is that we needed to understand the engagement problems of the company much more deeply than we had before. It wasn't good enough just to know that maybe the product team has a problem with cross-team cohesion, and we would get that from survey data. We needed to know who is connected at an individual level, not at the team level. We needed to know who should be connected. Uh, and that's both from a people leader trying to say, like, hey, I think cross-team cohesion is important, or we have a problem with connection to leadership, but also at an employee level. What does an employee want? Do they want social connection? About 45% of employees do. Do they want collegial connection, meaning like they just need to know their coworkers better? About 40% of employees want that at bare minimum. Or some people just don't want that kind of connection. They just want to do their job every day. And that's totally fine. But you need to know who should be connected. And then the last piece, and this one's really important, is who could be connected. Who are the people that if they actually met, they would hit it off? And that comes down to what their interests are, what their affinity groups might be. So we, as we built up all that data, we realized, man, like one, we were able to improve the ROI of our virtual events by over 20x, so two orders of magnitude, by getting the what, who, and when right. But as we took that data, we realized, oh my gosh, this data, that what we're providing, this understanding of people, and then being able to map it to more than just virtual team events, but also offsites and targeted one-on-ones, it was such a more important value proposition to our customers. And what Glue is, uh, which is our new name, is, is really a representation of what people were talking about, what our product meant to them. A lot of people come to us and be like, 
you know, mystery is like the glue that keeps our team together. And we're like, well, maybe that's just a better name for what we do. Maybe we need to, we need to be a little bit more cemented. So yeah, we, we rebranded earlier this week, a long answer to say we rebranded earlier this week. We consider ourselves an employee engagement and connection platform. We are the best platform to help you understand your people and take action automatically and proactively through things like virtual team events, targeted one-on-ones, think like Donut, but if Donut you know, actually connected the right people, with, wasn't just random and connected you with the right person and actually you know, gave you some level of context for that connection, you know, just throwing people into a Zoom box and saying like, chat, have fun, right? It's like, here are the things that you might have in common. Here's the things that you're both working on, things like that, uh, or offsites. How do you make offsites more impactful? At a high level, that's what the rebrand was about. So I was looking at your website, beautiful website, by the way, and the headline like sticks right out and it says building relationships is the hardest part of distributed work. Don't leave it to chance. What happens when you leave it to chance in your experience? Yeah, no, it's a great question. It's funny because when you look at the high level data, it's really hard to understand what actually happens with connections at work. But the single threaded line that I'll draw, and this applies to companies that are 50 people all the way up to Microsoft, Amazon, Google, some of the largest employers in the world. Whenever you're distributed, and I'll use the word distributed uh, maybe a little bit more specifically, that in my mind includes everything that is you know, hybrid one day, hybrid two days, remote first, really anything besides fully in office or very, very structured hybrid. And I mean, I can go into hours of talking about what that looks like. But if you're hybrid but not structured, you're hybrid one day, two day, three day even, or remote, there's one through line that happens with almost every company from a leaving it to chance what happens. Here's what happens. Effectively, every employee needs five different types of connection. They need connection with their manager. Uh, That still happens for most distributed teams. Uh, You're still talking to your manager every day. Actually, for introverts, you have better connection if you're remote than you do in person. That's important. That's that's one. Two is intra-team. You know, the people you work with most often, you need that level of connection. Distributed work, you're fine. The average employee has still has good intra-team cohesion. There's three others that are really important that could completely drop off a cliff when you think about the differences between in-office and remote or distributed. And those three are cross-team cohesion, the people that the team that you should be working with most often that, that you need a lot of these cross-collaboration projects with. Connection to those folks goes almost completely down. Connection to leadership. Uh, this one, absolutely, if you look at remote to in-person, is a huge, huge delta on the connection that gets lost. And then the last one is there's a lot of different ways of describing this, but I'll use one that maybe is common vernacular, uh, having a work best friend or maybe generalized sense of belonging. The average employee who's onboarded in remote work first has 80% fewer meaningful connections six months in. And once you cement that, it's really, really hard to break through. So it's cross team, it's finding a best friend, sense of belonging or connection to leadership. Those are the things that if you leave it to chance, they're not going to happen. You're still going to be connected to your manager. You're still going to be connected to the intra team. It's all those other ones that are going to be missing. One of the great things about probably being a, a SaaS company is the data that you're collecting on the back end. I imagine that because you're collecting so much data from all the people on the platform that it will inform the future of Glue. Is that how you're using the data to inform what features to add and things like that? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, as soon as we started making, you know, this shift to, is this working? Oh man, we need to collect more data. We started really, really heavily investing in data science and some incredible data leaders. Our our VP of data science on the team, Sean, is a former Harvard professor. She used data science to help do counterterrorism. And now she's doing it to help actually solve connection to work, which is a, a funny analogy to make. But the team is, you know, we're not necessarily saying, 
here's what we want and how do we make the data shape and form our opinion. We're looking for trends in the data and saying, wow, like here's where we can provide a lot of value. And we have all sorts of interesting insights all the time come from this data. Uh, one of the more recent ones, and I'll double check that I'm comfortable sharing this afterwards, but we, we found a really interesting trend line that each individual connection, meaningful connection you have at work, boosts your satisfaction in pay by 5%, which is like such an odd thing that you would never expect to see in the data. The more connected you are, the more satisfied with your compensation you are. Very, very odd, but these are the types of trend lines that we, we don't go looking for by any means. But when we find them, it's a lot about, well, how do we understand this better and how do we help bring this value to customers in a way that they can understand? So most companies that are not using your platform, they're relying on survey data that, you know, whether they just kick out a survey to their team, do pull surveys to measure the engagement. Are surveys like that, are they missing something yeah, deeper you know, that would tell them and inform their employee experience? Uh, I think the answer is probably yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, the enterprise folks that are listening to this that work at companies that are very large scale will know that they've used more than just survey data for a very, very long time. When we first started looking at this, we first started saying, how do we make our events successful based on survey data? And what we found that there's a few key limitations in survey data. Uh, and at Glue, we use survey data. Survey data has a lot of value. I'll get to that in a minute. But the key limitations are one, it's only a point in time and the average survey frequency is biannual because you know, you don't want to pepper your employees with surveys all the time. But of course, there's continuous listening. There's, you know, the daily pulse questions. There's a lot of approaches to collecting this information. But the point being is it's a point in time. It's one representation from an employee base who might not feel like they can share open and honestly about how they're feeling, especially in an environment where they don't want to lose their job. But more importantly than that, than just being a point in time, is it changes so, so quickly. Engagement, you know, the average engagement survey that you're looking at uh, as a people leader, you're looking at data that says, hey, we're doing pretty good. We're at like a, you know, like a 3.9 or a 4.2 or 4.1. It's always in that range. Or if you, it's out of 100, it's we're sitting at about a 75 or an 81. And that looks good. And you, and you think like, oh, quarter to quarter, this is great. We're trending. Engagement is good. The reality behind the scenes is every employee does not look like a straight line point in time trend. It is vacillating up and up and down, and there are early signals to disengagement. There are signals of re-engagement. There's all these small interactions, and what happens is even though things look good and you're getting 80s, you're getting 3.9s, you're still losing people. People are leaving the company, and it doesn't give you the data to understand when those inflection points are going to happen. Um, so I, I think there's a lot to be said around what, what you get from surveys, You know, measuring the outputs. In a lot of ways, we think about surveys as you're asking the employee how they feel. They're asking the employee what happened. It's measuring their output. Well, there's also a lot of inputs, right? There's the ways the employees are using the tools all the time. Both these data sets need to be used in tandem to create a full picture of the employee experience rather than just, you know, the, the biannual, hey, how is everyone feeling? And the big difference, I guess, sorry to keep talking on this topic. It's one that I feel really, really strongly and passionately about. The big difference between using observability and uh, call it the input data versus just survey data is it allows you to be proactive instead of reactive. You know, instead of, oh, here's the survey data, here's what we need to fix this year, this is all going to suck. You can start saying, oh my gosh, look at these all these early indicators. Let me take action immediately. If an employee is even a small little data point, like uh, the frequency of uh, how quickly employees accept calendar invites, that might sound ridiculous, but like... If an employee used to accept calendar invites immediately and now they wait until the very last minute, especially with their manager, that's a really, really early sign of disengagement. And then the question is, what can you do about it? Well, at Glue, we can see that signal. We can automatically say, oh, great, 
that employee needs a leadership intervention of some kind. Let's make sure that they end up in a meetup and a, and a chance to actually have some one-on-one -on -one time with a leader and give that leader some heads up like, hey, maybe you need to realign them to the mission a little bit. Maybe you need to figure out what, what a hotspot might be. Or maybe you just need to connect with this person better socially. Maybe you need to build a personal relationship. The biggest thing that you can do to actually build more alignment in the mission is just build trust and leadership and build that social connection. So a lot of that is how we think about adding all this data beyond just surveys. Mm -hmm. You were talking earlier about how um, when you add more meaningful connections, the satisfaction on compensation goes up. How has the amount of like meaningful connections actually impacted retention? Yeah. So we have some data on this. And then there's also a lot of longitudinal studies that have been done. Uh, the data that we have and that we look at is each meaningful connection boosts your retention of that employee by 5% up until about eight to 10 connections. Meaning like if you look at trying to predict retention at an 18 month period, which by the way, like most tools, including glue can help you do very, very quickly. There's a lot of these tools that are very, very accurate at 18 month retention all the way up to towards like 95 percentile. But each meaningful connection that you have can boost the retention uh, forecast for an employee by up to 40%. That's pretty incredible. So, at, you know, at the core of this is your platform provides a lot of good insight and data, right? So, like, we can take action on that, but the leaders have to do the work of connecting their employees. And that's the, the tough stuff. So, like, what can leaders do action-wise to help drive meaningful connection in tandem with a platform like yours? Totally. Well, and I think that, you know, is a key thing that makes our platform quite a bit different than uh, other services like, you know, Lattice or CultureAmp or Glint, which are all great services, by the way. We have a ton of respect for most of these platforms. We can give you all the data in the world, right? Uh, I can show you that if the product team has a problem with cross-team cohesion, I can also say, well, it's Jill's team and Andy's team. And if Rachel and Sarah on Andy's team had the chance to meet Fiona from uh, Sarah's team, like everything would work. Like, what are you going to do with that data? <laughs> like, that's like a, it's so much information. And even these enterprise customers that use tools like Microsoft Viva that has like incredible data insights. It's like, okay, like, but I'm one person or maybe a team of four people under me. How am I supposed to do anything with this? What we've realized is that it's not good enough just to help you understand. We need to go all the way through to action, to being able to actually automate a lot of these actions. And the question is, how do you bring these teams together? Well, the answer is pretty simple. So what are you already doing? The majority of the problem can be solved by just taking what you're already doing and making slight adjustments. As an example, the majority of team bonding events, the vast majority, 90 plus percent are intra-team events. It's a manager booking an event for their intra-team. That's not the problem. The problem is not intra-team cohesion. So it's figuring out ways to understand those connections at an individual level and start thinking, how do I do what I'm already doing? And that's, you know, virtual team events, that's in-person team events, that's offsites, that's, you know, lunch and learns, all these things that your company probably already does, but just doing it in a data-informed way and understanding if it is working, why is it working? How is it working? Like an offsite is a great example. The majority of remote teams implement offsets to build team cohesion. 90% of offsites don't work. And it's because you have a bunch of strangers coming and meeting in person and they're really awkward. It's like, oh, it's good to meet you. You see this bump every single time in our day. We see this bump of, great, it feels really good for a couple of weeks. And then it almost immediately goes away. The baseline goes to the exact same. But if you built social safety with those groups before, if you reinforce those connections after, think about employee connection the same way you build a friendship. Is one amazing weekend going to build a friendship? No. No, right? It's, it's, it's building that social safety. It's, it's a journey to build these relationships. And you need to think about a connection strategy 
that not only creates those initial interactions, but reinforces those both with virtual and in person is a really useful way of doing it all the way through to create really meaningful relationships. It's the same way in your personal life. You just need to think about that in the lens with your coworkers. Well, you set me up because that was going to be my next question is what are the most meaningful ways of making those connections? I, I imagine in a remote work environment, distributed work, whatever you want to say, there's certain types of connections that probably matter most in terms of long-term connection, what are those? I mean, I would think, you know, there's a bunch of different ways of thinking about this. Like I mentioned, there's five connections that really matter. There's a bunch of ways of thinking about that. But when it comes down to it, what you're trying to do is build a meaningful relationship for employees. And what does that mean? How do you even think about that? It's, it's somebody that you have a social relationship with. When you ask employees that have stayed, that really love their jobs, why do you stay? It's because I love the people I work with. Well, how do you get there? How do you build those relationships? And it's funny, you go on this curve, I think oftentimes in, in trying to problem solve, you you start with such like an ignorant basic premise, which is like, well, you need to find things that we have in common, right? And like, and like learn that about each other. And then you go through this phase of like, well, cohesion and behavioral science is all about vulnerability and social safety. And you go into the, all these really, really complex things. And I think we finally come out the other end and just said like, yes, it is all those really, really complex things, but those don't matter if you can build the right simplicity into the tools that you have, at the end of the day, it's about converting similarity into familiarity. That is all it is. It's, hey, we have things in common. How do we find that out about each other? If we're both metalheads, how do we figure that out about each other and start developing experiences that reinforce that over time? And vulnerability is a, is a big part of it for sure, but vulnerability is just basically saying, oh, this is something I don't often convert similarity to familiarity with someone over. And when I do, it's really meaningful because there's not a lot of people in life that I get to share that feeling with. All it is is, you know, you hear a lot about affinity groups, you hear about ERGs, you hear about all these things. At a very basic concept, it is people have things in common. How do they figure that out about each other? And it can happen across, in like, uh, maybe this is a whole different point, but I think one that we see all the time that I, I'm trying to make more known is oftentimes people are like, well, like, you know, you got the young employees, you got the old employees. Age does not correlate to connection. <laughs> At a very raw sense, whatever your life experience is as, you can find other people in your company that you share meaningful connections with. Think about where you built the deepest relationships in your entire life. They were in subsets of 40 to 50 people, they were in classes, they were in religious institutions, they were in local communities. There is somebody at your company that could be your absolute best friend, not just at work, but in life. It is all about trying to figure out how do you find that person? How do you find the right context to share to unlock that familiarity? So does your platform facilitate that? Most people, unless they have the opportunity to work, let's say there's, I've got a cross-functional department that I just never interact with, but like, you know, as an organization, we're trying to bring everybody together. I would never have a lot of opportunity to work cross-functionally with this other department. So how do I go about like learning and finding out if like my best friend that I've never met before is actually sitting across the company without, you know, like some of those data points being like shown to me in some respect. I don't know if it's a profile or like how you have that set up, but like I'm interested to hear. Yeah, absolutely. So that is exactly what our platform does. Uh, we help understand what those similarities and affinities might be, and then we trigger interactions to be able to make those connections happen. We ask both employees and people leaders, what types of connections are important to you at a company? And for a people leader, like I mentioned, you know, it's going to be cross-team cohesion, things that drive retention and productivity. For a person, it, they might want social connection. They might want to you know, pursue and, and build more knowledge in product or in engineering or in sales, maybe in thinking about their career. They might want mentors getting their feedback on what kind of connections they want to build is also really important. 
And then it's just the, the raw information about what do we know about this person? You know, it can be through surveys that we certainly build a profile and you build up a good understanding like, oh, are you interested in arts and music? Are you interested in all sorts of other things? But also in games that we, in, in activities that we have on our platform, like a Spotify trivia game, where you have to connect your Spotify account. It sounds a little weird, but you have to guess who on the team is like a Taylor, the number one Taylor Swift fan. Super cheesy, but now we have your music interests and now we can find out, oh, you're a metalhead? Okay, here's the other metalhead on the team. Like we think you two should meet. And all of those things is what our platform comes. It's, it's about employee engagement, but on a personal level. It's personalized employee engagement. A lot of the data that we have helps us apply what is the latest stuff in AI to be able to make those interactions happen in a smooth way. So what do you see as the future of employee engagement, especially as you, you know, continue on this path and you have more data, there's artificial intelligence that I'm sure you're using inside your platform. Like I'm, what's the future look like? Especially, you know, if an organization is connected to your platform for the future, what, what does it look like for them? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think the future of employee engagement is personalized employee engagement. Uh, and it's being able to get the most of the resources you do have. With a lot of the customers we work with, we start by just building a really good shared understanding of what does engagement currently look like at your company in a real-time basis. And that's connecting all these different data sources. That's understanding who is, who could be, and who should be connected. And then it's about, okay, what budget do you have and how do we make the most of that? You know, whether it's just, hey, all, we don't have any budget and all we want to do is like facilitated introductions. Those work well. We think most teams that are distributed should have some in-person time. In-person time is really important to build not just you know, social safety, but deep vulnerability and, and more meaningful relationships. An in-person touch point is often very, very useful. There's a question of how do we make the most of what you have based off of a shared understanding in the first place? So I think realistically, it's about personalized employee engagement. And then it's about using the resources you have in the best possible way, getting using every last dollar to make sure that those dollars work rather than throwing money away on, you know, gift cards to employees at the holidays. You shouldn't give your employees a gift card for the same reason you don't give your significant other a gift card. It's kind of meaningless, right? There's, a, there's no feeling behind it. Well, Shane, this has been an awesome discussion. I think I would love to have you back in like a year where we could like go through some of the data points that you've collected uh, since this rebrand and just having more people on the platform. So I think, I think that'd be really valuable uh, long-term. But yeah, what do you want to say in parting? Point people to anything like that? Uh, yeah, I would love for people to check out our new website. Uh, it's at glue.co. Uh, glue, just like how you think it would be spelled, G-L-U-E uh, dot co. Um, and yeah, I would just encourage uh, every people leader to question some of the assumptions they have about who is connected, what connections matter, and how can you get the most out of the resources you do have and how can you use data to do that. Um, and yeah, we'd love for folks to check out our platform. Thanks so much for having me on too. My guest today has been Shane Kowalski. Shane is the CEO of Glue and co-founder. Thanks for coming on. Thanks. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the guest's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Zenium HR or the host, Brandon Laws. The material and information presented on Transform Your Workplace is for general information and educational purposes only. Zenium HR or the host, Brandon Laws, does not necessarily endorse any guest, their business, or any organization they represent. Discretion is advised. Please work with a trusted advisor to find a custom approach that fits your organization's needs.